This is Larie Daniel Favors, and welcome to The Hub. an officer who is using police practices in black communities that you would never use in white communities because you know those policing practices would not be acceptable, you, sir or ma'am, are engaging in a hate crime. If you are patrolling in manners that are designed to intimidate or to harass or to otherwise instill a sense of fear in black and brown communities in ways that you do not do in white communities, you, officer, are committing a hate crime. We need to identify this as such because we really do have to rethink how we are approaching uh, the entire paradigm of police reform. I asked my last guest, Dr. Brown, what would happen if what should we do if the police don't change? That's a problem that we don't often like to sit with and we don't often like to ask because the reality is they may not. They may not. And if they don't, what next? We had caller Rudy. He was wondering, how is it that we haven't seen instances of people responding to this type of hate crime policing? That's what I'm going to call it from now on. Hate crime policing, anti-black hate crime policing. How is it that we have not seen people responding by taking this problem into their own hands? Which is a question a lot of people ask. You know, and my, my, my students uh, will often say something along the lines of, Miss... I couldn't have been no slave. They wouldn't have caught me. And they start giggling because, you know, it, it makes us uncomfortable. And sometimes we respond in, in what would be considered inappropriate ways about very serious issues. But they don't mean it. They're babies. That's what they do. But they are clear about the fact that it couldn't have been me or I wouldn't have let that happen. And, I, and I, you know, that idea, how come we haven't taken this issue into our own hands? I have to remind my students, you know, you are the same student who last week was hemmed up by the popos. <laughs> like they said, you fit a description and you and all your boys was lined up against the wall. None of y'all did anything. You stood there and you took it. Or to my other student, you know, didn't, weren't you the one who a few weeks ago said you saw the police doing X, Y, Z to that person in your community and you knew it was wrong and you were upset because you and the other people who saw how wrong it was didn't do anything to stop it? Right. Or when we hear people say, uh, how come, you know, we didn't, there were so many more people surrounding George Floyd than officers. Those officers were outnumbered. That's actually one of the things that in the trial uh, the defense uh, tried to assert was that they were worried about the crowd. We know they weren't worried about the crowd because of what history tells us about the conditioning that we have experienced as a result of being enslaved. Have you guys ever seen that movie, The Butler? Have you ever seen that movie, The Butler? Uh, really powerful movie. I, I actually, uh, <laughs> this came out in my days of where I would sometimes protest a movie based on the marketing campaign. And I didn't like the way that movie was marketed. And so I didn't go see it in the theaters. And when I actually ended up seeing it, I made a commitment to stop saying I'm going to protest the film unless I've actually seen it. it was, I'll explain why at another time. But the point is, in that movie, The Butler, really good movie, uh, the opening scene Mariah Carey is uh, on the plantation. Her husband is on the plantation. And we're seeing the plantation life through the eyes of their child. And this little boy loves spending time with his father. You know, his whole family is enslaved. Loves spending time with his father, his father, his mother. He loves them dearly. One day they're out in the field and, and Mariah Carey, his mother, her character, is forcibly grabbed by the master 
and forced into a cabin. The whole plantation, all the adults know what's about to happen. She's about to be assaulted uh, graphically. And you hear the, the screams and you see the son look to the father and say, ain't you going to stop him? What you like the son is looking up to the father is like, daddy, did you see them just take mommy? What you go? What? What we doing, son? <laughs> like, like you hear the little boy screaming like what? Like, basically, he's like, what are we doing about this? They just took my mother. And we see the father have this moment of, of debate. Do I do I comply and allow to happen what I know is going to happen without defending my, my child's mother, without defending my wife, the woman I love, or do I live? That same question that I posed before, do you want to be right when you're dealing with police or do you want to live? Because you can't have both when you are occupying the slave status inside. You can't have both. Can't do, can't do it. Some things we can do in this world, that might not be one of them. And that father in that scene, we see him respond to the need from his child to know that he's safe and that his father can protect him and his mother. And the father goes to make a move of resistance to defend his wife. And he's shot dead in front of his son. The reason I raised this story, this is a PG-13 film, is it's not, you know, it's, it's not super overly graphic in, in that way. It, it's, it's a PG-13 film. You might catch it on BET on a weekend if you're lucky. I share that story because the, fo- the rest of the movie follows that little boy as he grows up. And that incident, that scene of, that, of brutality, seeing his father shot for trying to defend his mother, it stays with him. For the rest of his life, he is a compliant black man because he knows the risk and he has been conditioned and trained to respond to the conditions of his enslavement. That's why we don't take the law into our own hands, because we know the reality is what the reality is. That's why we don't respond the way other people who have not suffered through 400 years of enslavement would respond. No other group in the world would would tolerate what we tolerate. They haven't been conditioned the way we were. That's okay. It's not our fault. It's not our fault. But we're the only ones who can change it. 